Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... No, don't do it. That's a no from us. We're voting no. No, 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 no. Nah. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, I got a Roomba. What? A Roomba. Ooh, is this a Christmas delight? Did yeah. Santa Claus yeah, get yeah. it for you? Yeah, yeah. My partner and I got one as like a Christmas present to ourselves. From Santa Claus. From Santa. We named him Crumbs because <laughs> he cleans up crumbs. And my partner is working from home today and he is sending me all these pictures of the Roomba. <laughs> Like it's the new pet? Yeah, I think it is. Mavie's kind of getting used to it. Mavie was actually a little scared of crumbs. That's the thing, though, is like I would have thought that your Roomba was your dog Mavie because she's a Labrador. And like so when my dog, this is going to start sad, but it's it's not sad. My, my dog is a kid after she died. We were like, wow, our floors are so dirty because she would just lick up all of the stuff. Right, right. So is this? So Mavie does clean up if you drop any food on the floor. Right. Low vacuum. However, yeah. she creates so much mess herself. <laughs> Dirty paws, bringing in leaves from outside, dog hair. She oh, sheds right. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mavi, you're gross. You're gross. And that's why we got another dog named Crumbs <laughs> to clean up. We want, I want to make, because you can like direct where your Roomba goes and I'm just going to have it follow Mavi around. I want to get a, like a little tail to put on Crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. You should get a Roomba. Your cats would go bananas. No, I'll never get a Roomba because I love cleaning my floors so Oh, that's much. right. Yeah. yeah. Like I sweep almost every day because it feels so excellent. It like, does feel good. Yeah. And then like my steam, my steam mop. I should oh, name we, my name. I should name my steam, y- steam mop. Yeah, you should. Like something like, like, I need it like to be like a, like a lover's name. Celeste. Yes. All right. I'm writing it down. It's canon. <laughs> I'm writing it down in my bullet journal journal because I really don't. Celeste, the steam mop. Like a beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like she's. Attractive, <laughs> enticing woman. Like a steamy Swiss lady. Exactly. She she speaks with a, like a slight French-Italian sounding accent. Yep. Just indeterminate, sexy European. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it, too. I have nothing else interesting to talk about because we recorded two days ago. We're awesome. I am so proud of us. Yeah. You know, when you're listening to this, listeners, it's going to be two days after Christmas. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> you are so welcome. This is our gift Can to you. Can you believe that we recorded an episode not once, but twice? Two times. We work so hard. And they're both good. So presumably. We'll find I out. I mean, like, this is already going really well. <laughs> <laughs> Should we hit it? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? All right. Dear Jen and Trin. Hello. I used to be extremely good friends, like practically family, with a couple. Let's call them Jake and Amy. I got that reference. Good reference. Then about two and a half years ago, coinciding with some other issues in their marriage, Jake developed feelings for me. I fucked up and went along with it because I loved him as a friend and was super insecure and lonely. But we both said if he wanted to be with me, he had to tell Amy before anything physical happened. He did. Asked for a divorce. Took the divorce back. Things were super messy for a while. But long story short, the couple stayed together and we agreed they and I wouldn't have contact for a while. A 
a few months later, I did give Amy a full apology, acknowledging what specifically I did wrong and saying I understood if she couldn't forgive me and she said she appreciated my apology. Therapy was had by all involved, and I seriously learned a lot about myself and how to avoid similar disasters. Anyway, my question. It's been more than two years, and I miss my friends. It's like they died, but not really because I see them from a distance and avoid them on a regular basis. Can I reach out and apologize again and ask if they want to be friends? Or would that just cause them unnecessary stress and pain? Should I write this off as a consequence of me doing something terrible and just try to live without them forever? My inclination is just to accept it as the consequences of my actions and figure out a coping mechanism. But my other friends say I should try. What do you think? And if I should avoid them, what do I say to our mutuals when they bring it up and say I should ask them to bury the hatchet? Please be kind, apologetic, almost homewrecker. So first of all, I want to be really clear here. I know, and, and I know I started out so many questions like this, but we don't think you're like a bad person, dude. Yeah, you're, yeah. yeah you know how many times I say the phrase, you're a human on this show? Yeah. Almost as much as we tell people to go to therapy. Yeah. If we, if I could get a dollar for every time I said either of those phrases, all of you would be able to afford therapy. Yeah. And this stuff, I mean, it happens more often than it doesn't. I, I don't know what the statistics are on like cheating, quote unquote, or whatever. And like, and you guys didn't do anything physical, which is good. You stated your boundaries also. Like, I mean, marriages, this, this sounds terrible to people who are married or getting married. Sorry, Jen. That's okay. Marriages end all the time. And like, and it often can be for the better. And I'm glad that you stated like, hey, if we pursue this, I need you to be open and, and move on from your wife. I think it's great that they ended up being able to work it out. It seems like that's what they intended when they got married is that they would work things out together. But in my view, as much as this situation sucked and was hard and like and you feel like you made a mistake and like I guess you did, you've been doing your mistakes in such a way that lead us to believe you are at least kind of an emotionally like capable and adult. Yeah, we don't think you're a bad person or anything. We hear even like anecdotally in our inbox, we hear a lot from people that have gone through similar situations. So here's what we're going to say to you off the top. We don't want you to spend the rest of your life punishing yourself for this. No, you don't need that. You did a lot of work on yourself already. You said therapy was had by everyone. And now it is a crucial point where you will not undo all of that hard work you've done. Yeah. I feel pretty strongly that you can't go back to these people. I do too. I'm surprised to hear that your other friends are encouraging you to do so. And to be honest, and again, all we have is the question, but it feels selfish on their part to push you to be friends with them again, even if it's years in the future. It feels to me that they want the convenience of everybody in their friend group getting along and, and being happy together or whatever. And and it's okay, I think, if you did a slight step forward, which is being in the same room as them as a party. I yeah, think that, that might that'll happen. We can talk about that. And that is something that we can bring up. But I doubt your friends' intentions. Me too. I doubt they are really thinking about this thoroughly. Right. Maybe they don't have all the details or forgot some of the details. Or, yeah, you're right, Trin. Maybe they're being selfish and just want everyone to get along. People are selfish. So here's the thing, though. If you do pursue this friendship, your friends don't really have to deal with it. Right. They kind of do. But you know who has to deal with it? You. This right. is This is your responsibility now. It really is on your shoulders. So I feel your hurt when you say these people were like family to me and I've, you know, I have to learn to live without them. That's accurate. They felt like family to you. Yes. It was a huge loss to you. Yes. We're not saying that that's not true. And we're not saying that you should move on and replace them. And obviously you have other friends in your life because you have people who tell you, hey, like start getting along with these mutual friends again. But holy shit, dude, like there is never going to be a point in your life where this 
has not happened. You now have a shared history with Jake and Amy, who, by the way, Jake and Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this would never happen to them. I know. Sorry. I love them as a couple. I do, too. I think they're so sweet. I know. Anyway, sorry. Although we got your reference and we liked it. Yeah. This, this will always have happened. You cannot undo this. And I like what you said that don't undo the work. Like the therapy has happened and maybe you feel like you've, you're ready to move on. But I think it's time to move on with your life and not move on with them. Yeah. Okay. So living without them forever. Yeah, that sounds terrible. But honestly, and I really mean this, you'll be okay. You'll be okay with other friends. Truly, you have a lot to offer the world and other people that has nothing to do with Jake and Amy. So many other people you can befriend that do not have this dark and complicated history. You will not, like Trin said, you won't get the same friendship with new people, but that's okay. It's time to start imagining the future and a reality in which you just have a hole in your life. And it's time to learn how to be okay with that. No, I agree. You said therapy was had by all. I'm kind of thinking therapy shouldn't be over for you. Therapy is treatment, you know. It's like visiting a medical professional. You don't just go once. You don't just go twice. It's it's supposed to be an ongoing treatment. And I feel like it might be time to start up again because I feel like, Trent, I feel you're hurt. I know you're sad. I'm stuck on one thing in this question, which is I see them from a distance and avoid them on a regular basis. I am trying to understand that, too. The only thing that came in my head was a college campus. But I don't think it's that. I mean, they, I mean, they're married. It could be. And I think it's also like they live in the same city. You know, I mean, it's hard. Maybe it's a small town. Could be yeah. a small town. I think that actually we should be working on excising that difficulty that you have in your life of the, the constant reminder. Because I feel like you haven't fully removed yourself from this situation yet. If you are still regularly avoiding them. I mean, it could be that this asker is being invited to the same parties, which is uh, more evidence that your friends are being dumb and selfish right now. Yeah, and shit. It's said they have lots of mutual friends in common. And you're seeing these people a lot, enough where you kind of have to come up with a plan to avoid them. This doesn't sound good. I want you to start working on yourself now. We got to go some different directions to make this. Okay, you know what it is? I feel like I read this metaphor on Tumblr. It's like you're touching a wound. Yeah. Over and over and over again. It's time to let that thing heal. Yeah, I think you've got good inclinations, you know? Like, you have been saying, like, this is what I do. Like, I, my inclination is to accept this as the consequences of my actions and figure out a coping mechanism. You are doing the right thing. However, we need more distance. Yeah, I don't think these constant reminders are helping you at all. Yeah, and these friends. I'm so mad at your friends. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed. Yeah. Do they, like, what? That's bad advice. Man, I, I just think it is. I just think it's not good. I think that they're taking in your sadness of missing them and saying, like, let's fix this thing where you're missing them and put you guys back together. When I really do believe the reality is you need to fix your missing them by removing them even further from your life. Right. Exactly. Your friends might be doing the thing where they're giving you permission to just just giving you permission. But in reality, they're not really thinking this through. They're not thinking through the consequences. I'm also surprised that you, from your question, say, I'm going to accept this loss as a consequence of my actions and move on. And your friends are still like, no, 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 go for it. I'm wondering where they're getting that from. Do they still talk to Jake and Amy? Oh, God, please. I, I, I said that out loud and then like I almost threw up on my mouth thinking about you asking like, oh, do Jake and Amy ever talk about me? Yeah, I, ho- I, yeah I hope you're not getting like third party information about them, about their marriage and, and their individual lives and stuff. That's that's not good. That's yeah. like pouring salt into your wound. Yeah. And like, again, we say, you know, life is short, so like make amends, but also like life is long. And if they've chosen each other for life, two years is maybe not enough time for them to get fully back into the swing of their marriage. They still have work to do. Absolutely. You said therapy was had and you grew a lot. 
keep growing. Yeah. Let yourself continue to grow. You know, we love a good plant metaphor around here. Like change, change up your soil. Yeah, yeah. Move into a sunny spot. Get away from uh, this uh, Trin, what hurts plants? Um, Dargo. Your cat. <laughs> your cat eats plants. So a lot of things hurt plants. I mean, I, I really couldn't choose just one. <laughs> it seems like this asker needs to repot. It seems that you have sucked out all of the minerals and nutrition from this soil, and there's nothing left for you anymore. It is time for a new pot. Time for a new pot. I know how we try really hard to see all potential aspects of a question, but I see no situation in which it would be super okay for you to reach out and become friends again. No, I don't I, think so. I also feel like you and Jake wounded Amy, and Amy is in the position of forgiving and moving on with you. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like the ball is 100% in Amy's court. And if she for some reason reached out to you and was like, we miss you, we want you around, which I cannot see that happening. I just don't think it's your call to make. I think it is Amy's call to make. Yeah, I think 100%. I think if you put the ball in her court, she would kick it away. Mm -hmm. I think she'd be like, wait, wait, what? That is just my instinct. I mean, in a way, you did put the ball in in Amy's court because you apologized to her, which is fucking awesome of you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know that that's right for every situation. So if you listeners are in this situation and you've hurt somebody and you want to reach out and make an apology, it's not always the okay thing to do. We are congratulating the asker because the asker was in therapy. The asker has clearly thought about this very fully. And Amy seemed to be receptive to that apology. That was you doing the right thing and putting the ball in her court. She did not respond to you with, cool, I'll see you in a couple of years when we're over this. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I would go back over how she responded to you and try to remember that, like, this would this was a hurt that you inflicted. And again, you're not a bad person. This happens. Jake was also at fault here. Yeah, yeah. I just think pursuing this friendship is off limits. Man, like, I I don't even know what else to say. Should we maybe brainstorm a plan for if this person does run into Jake and Amy, like, at a party? We're not telling you you need to dive under a table. You don't. But you don't need to say things like, I really miss our friendship. Yes. I think that is a no-no. And you're going to think it. I know you're going to think it. But the words can't come out of your mouth. I'm going to tell you this piece of advice that I want you to depersonalize. So I want you to treat them like new people. And I don't mean like, I don't know how outgoing you are. It it may be that you see a new person and you attack them with friendship, which is kind of what I do, (laughs) you know, but really treat them like a stranger. If you see them at a party, you can give them an acknowledgement, you know, like give them the white people nod, you know, the white people nod, the little, the white people half smile. Right. The. I, I mean, I what's the the the, the lipless, toothless, ope smile? Grimace. It's yes. really a, a half wince, like a Mm-mm. maybe a little wave. I wish nod wave. I, sometimes I wish that we did have accompanying video for this. <laughs> for this part, this definitely. Is, this is one of those times. Also, we both look really cute today. True that. But treat them the way that you would a new friend, a stranger. So if you're in a group conversation with them, it's cool to laugh at their jokes. It's cool to respond to questions. It's okay to maybe like, I'm not saying have a conversation with them, but like, you know, be a participant in that group. Like like a first date group conversation is appropriate here. It is not okay to corner them and have a conversation. I think you know this also, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's, they can maybe use some reminders. Right. And, but I, I guess what we're trying to say is we're trying to fix the problem with 
your mutual friends being like, eh, be friends again, and you missing them. But if you are to start a friendship with them, it's a new one. We are rebuilding. God, I forgot the name of the woman who gave me this advice, and I, I will probably look it up after this episode, but I once watched this incredible TED Talk about cheating and marriages. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It was such a good piece because it wasn't just about, like, forgiveness after cheating. It was a, you know, people live very long times now as compared to before, and um, when we choose a partner for life, we have to decide what we do in these kinds of situations. And more likely than not, Jake and Amy's marriage has gone through a complete renaissance. They've had to rebuild their relationship with each other. You need to do the same thing if you want to have a a mutual benevolence with each other in public. Absolutely. And that's yeah, the I love first that step. you said renaissance. That's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, it's time to fully, fully rebuild, treat them like new people, because in, a, in many ways, they are. Yeah, two years. Two years is both a long time and no time at all. 100%. So let's recap. So one, no, don't make a. We're giving you a no on this one. Yeah, don't do it. Two, hey, good work on everything that you've done so far. Yeah. If I were in a room with this person right now, I'd clap them on the back, give, maybe give them a mug of wine and be like, I know you're going through it. You're going to be OK. Yeah. Because you're smart, kind and wise and you recognize your mistakes. Yes. And this won't be the last mistake you make. This won't be the last thing that you do that makes you like cringe when you're not thinking about anything else when you're driving a car or like taking a shower. Like this won't be the last time this happens. Oh, God. I know. It sucks. No fair. (laughs) It's no fair because here's the thing. Like uh, when you make a mistake, you should be punished one time and no more than one time. But this is this kind of thing where you know, you have these mutual friends who are like, oh, you should be friends with them. And then like your party's like, oh, this is so sick. This sucks so much. You are constantly being in the position of punishing yourself. I think really what our advice boils down to is either like stop fucking punishing yourself by getting away from them or try and build a, again, a very mutual benign relationship in public where it's okay to be in the same room. And that's not your call as to whether or not that's comfortable. That is Amy's call. That's exactly it. To be honest, This isn't up to you. What in this situation can you control? You can control how often you're getting feedback from your mutual friends. You can't control what they say, but you do have the power to say, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Or you have the power to say, I don't need to hear about Jake and Amy. Is it cool if we bury bury that conversation? You do have the power to meet new people, make new friends. You will continue to miss them, but you have the power to go a whole different direction. I can't tell you what to do. Well, actually, yes, I can. You asked me the question. Yeah, Trin, tell her. Okay. If I were you, I would I would just get rid of them from my life. And and not because not because of any, you know, bad, like negative feelings because of them. But just I feel like you are similar to me in that you will punish yourself forever. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. You can't live like that. Yeah. We can't allow that. You gave us permission to tell you no and we're telling you no. Yeah. I think that it may be time to I mean, it's not even you don't even just need to meet new people. You clearly have other friends. But take those friends and go, like, hang out at a com- in a completely different neighborhood. There's, yeah, seriously, there's a really good line she wrote to us. They said, my inclination is just to accept this as consequences of my actions and figure out a coping mechanism. Listen to your inclination. That's a good you, fucking inclination. You, you know the answer in your heart. Mm-hmm. You're, I, think, I think you know. I think you do. I think you know that this is a non-starter. And I, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I definitely think that your mutual friends are either not thinking this through or they're being selfish. Fuck them. Fuck them. It's a question two. Question friggin' two. Oh, my God. Question two. I love this question because it's so fucking ridiculous. Okay. Oh, woo. All right. Here we go. 
I had a weird interaction with a friend, and I feel like the difference is maybe cultural slash how we deal with a conflict or confrontation, question mark? No, this asker missed the point. Okay. This is a casual friend who I've known for about a year. Our families, parentheses, spouses, and we each have a kid under two, have hung out a few times. And she and I have talked about getting together one-on-one, but we're both busy and she travels a lot. She and I text occasionally, and there are a few things we've gotten deep about, but also it's often a casual chat about books we're reading and some commiseration about the grim political situation. Recently, we've been talking less. And when I reach out in a more nuanced way, such as asking inviting questions, being specifically enthusiastic about things she is engaging in, she responds with much more brief and terse responses. Okay, I haven't been outrageous, like I might text maybe even three to five days, I'm guessing, but I've tried to be open to engaging because maybe she's having a bad day or whatever, and I can take a grumpy mood in stride. But at some point in the last couple weeks, I've been feeling more irritated, like she doesn't want to be talking to me, but she keeps responding. It's very confusing. So recently I was like, hey friend, I'm getting the impression you'd like me to leave you the fuck alone, but you're too polite to say so. But it's fine. Circle back when you want to. Am I being absurd? I know it's hard to tell friends to leave you alone, but I wish she could have just ignored me or said she wanted me to leave her alone. These weird passive-aggressive text crumbs are really confusing. Did I handle that okay? Am I unreasonable for wanting a clearer indication of, are you being snarky? Are you annoyed? What is going on? I sent that text both as an affirmation that she can disengage, but also to set the boundary that I don't like it when she engages with me that way. It feels crappy. Thanks so much. Pronoun she, her. Oh, my God. Goodness gracious ass is bodacious. I am confused. I'm worried. Okay, so. Trin, help. Jen, I have so many things to say. Okay, so I, as we do, I went through the question and I took out the nuggets of the actual questions that you were asking us. So first, am I being absurd? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, you kind of are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Did I handle that okay? Not really. I... Don't think so much. No. No, you didn't. And um, uh, oof. so here's the thing. The problem here is this is not what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. You asked a very, very confrontational question and you, you sent a text that doesn't lend itself well to a kind answer. You really kind of boxed her in and there's only a few ways that she can respond and none of them are kind. Absolutely. I would be pretty upset by that. Even though the question that you're getting at is a fair one. It's totally fair. But how you asked it, let's look Mm. at it again. I mean, I assume that this is paraphrasing what she actually said to the the friend. Oh, I hope so. I I hope hope it's heavily paraphrased. Can you read that, what she actually says that she texted? Yes. Let's retread this awkward territory. Hey, friend, I'm getting the impression you'd like me to leave you the fuck alone, but you're too polite to say so, but it's fine. Circle back when you want to. Yikes. No. So here's the thing. You've forced her hand. Either she has to apologize to you for not texting with you the way that you specifically want her to text with you. Or she has to own up and say, you annoy me, bye. Yeah. So either way, you're going to come out on top here. And either way, you aren't really, you're most likely not going to get an answer that you want. This is not a fair debate. You are forcing an apology or you're forcing a fight. Yes. 100%. Yeah. You started this question with, is this a cultural thing? Blah, blah, blah. It may very well be, but you had very little empathy with the way that she seems to deal with conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when the first sentence is, I feel like the difference is maybe cultural, how I deal with conflict or confrontation. That is the last sensical thing you said. Yeah. That 
you really should have explored that thought some more. Maybe we deal with conflict differently. Maybe we text differently. Those are avenues I wish you had gone down. That's reasonable. Yeah. Here's another question you asked. Am I unreasonable for wanting a clearer indication of are you being snarky? Are you annoyed? What is going on? Yes, you are unreasonable. And this is why. She has been very clearly giving you signals of a soft no. It seems like you don't like the way that she responds, so you have to stop texting. The way that you get somebody to stop responding to you poorly is to stop texting. And that is why it's a soft no. Yep. So I want you to have a better understanding and more empathy of why she would want to peace out gently and why this is forcing her to either peace out strongly or lie to spare your feelings. I, and also, I really wish that we had the answer to that text. It is. Yeah, you didn't include what she said to your confrontational text. I would she ignore respond. it? I, I don't ignore I don't it. know if I would. I wouldn't respond right away. No. And I, I, I don't want to be unkind to you because you are in a shitty situation. It never feels good to feel like somebody is just placating you, being polite, putting up with you. But there are many totally benign reasons that she's trying to piece out that have nothing to do with you being terrible. Like, okay, you mentioned you talk a lot about the world. Maybe she just wants a fucking break from that. You also said children under two. Yeah. You, she is a child under two. Yeah. I mean, I can barely handle my dog in my Roomba. Yeah. You're lucky if you get a text back from me when I'm busy with crumbs. Maybe it was fun for her to have a pocket friend for a while, but now it seems like a chore to have to think of responses. Like maybe you are the only person that she had a text relationship with because she's not a big texter and she was cool with it for a bit and, and now she's not. What we're saying here is that it doesn't matter why and in the future, because I can only imagine they're not talking anymore after that conversation. <laughs> in the future, I think that it would behoove you to do not assume malice. Yeah, please don't. It sounds like you're assuming like she's a dick for doing this. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of my days when I did customer service at cards, especially around the holidays, where everyone assumes that you, not everyone, but when some like naughty customers assume that the reason you didn't ship their package is because you hate them. Right. It's not personal. Actually, we had a warehouse backup. Like, shit happens. You're in the wrong here. You just, you really are. Because instead of taking the hint and leaving the ball in her court, I, because, I mean, if you, you kind of threw the ball right at her face. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you had asked us earlier, before you had texted this, before you texted essentially an ultimatum to her, what we would have told you to do is to not text her for a little while. See if she initiates. Yeah. And then maybe do a soft check-in down the line. And then if she doesn't respond to you, then leave it alone. Yeah. And that's fine. But Man, like, it's just time to move your energy elsewhere. Yeah, this uh, this old past weird friendship thing or whatever it is, it's really causing you a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I can feel your anxiety. I can also feel you. I'm not going to, like, diagnose you or anything, but I can feel you fixating on this. I'm a fixator myself. I am uncomfortable in things I've said and done a lot. I am uncomfortable a lot of the time. In my, in my own head. Like, I mean, just bodily, emotionally, intellectually, like yeah. I'm at about a B plus as far as comfort levels most of the time. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. When I lay down my weary head to sleep at night, things aren't good upstairs. The attic of my brain is kind of a, an uncomfortable <laughs> place. Things aren't great. But I am learning to kind of put things in little neat boxes, compartmentalize. And I think maybe you should start working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this friendship is causing you, it's not even a friendship really, this situation is causing you a lot of pain. Yeah. And a lot of turmoil and a lot of kind of anger. So I think that no matter what she texted you back, it's going to be the cap of that relationship. Yeah. 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 Unless you can both do a very hard reset. But also you can't repeat 
this pattern on her or no. anyone else. You can't you can't do this. And moving forward, I think the most important thing for you is to confront why you have aggression towards the soft no. Because it may, it may be that you just didn't recognize it. And it, it can be hard sometimes. But just to say once more, a soft no is when people give you terse or short answers and they don't initiate conversation. This is their way of gently saying, I'm not interacting with you the way that you want me to, so stop interacting with me. Yep. That is what a soft no is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and instead, you felt personally insulted by this. And I understand when people want to exit your life in any way, whether it's I just want to stop texting or I don't want to do karaoke Thursdays anymore. It can feel personal, but I think it's time to reassess what you see as aggressive and mean and rude because this friend doesn't seem like she did anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To go back to your thesis, which you quickly diverted from. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like the difference is maybe cultural slash how we deal with conflict or confrontation. Yeah, correct. Yeah. We kind of identified something in you, which is you really kind of reject soft no's. Which is... It's not great. I almost said it's okay, but it's not. It's, yeah, I know. It's going to be okay. It can be okay. Yeah. If you work on this. Right. I, and also, like, this friendship seemed so low-key anyway, you know? Yeah, I would also examine why this one friendship was so important to you. It's not even... Yes. No, I almost said it's not even that it's important because I did. And I, then I quickly disagreed with myself. I agree with you because yeah. it seems important. But I feel like it may be that there's something deeper at play here that maybe you feel like you've been rejected over and over again and you're not sure why. Or maybe you want more parent friends. Right. Or other people aren't texting you back. Like what's what's actually bothering you? Yeah, it could be that in your head she's a stand in for having parent friends, having somebody who understands me, having all these things. What what was she giving you? that made you react aggressively to that potentially being taken away from you. Yeah. And like, if your answer is, I don't know, friendship is important. Yeah, it is. It is really important. But so are boundaries. So are recognizing that other people don't communicate the same way. Yeah. yeah. So is having empathy and understanding. You can't really have a friendship without all those other things. So I guess, again, moving forward, one, let's think about why this was so important. Two, man, just move on from this friendship. And three, I think it would be good in the future to recognize that most people do not want to force a conflict just to get a resolution. You seem to want to do that. And I don't think that that's a wrong way of doing things. I actually think, like, you're probably a bad business bitch. <laughs> I could see that. Like this, You're would, a closer. Right, right. You're a fucking closer. Like, this is 100% <laughs> what you should do in, like, business. You'd be good on Survivor. <sighs> yeah. Once again, we want to be clear, you're not a dick. You did just act like one, though. It happens. It happens. I'm um, sure they turned off this episode by now. I surely would. Like, I, I don't need this from them. Man, like, every now and again, we do this. And, like, I swear, I swear to you, listeners, Jen and I hold no malice in our hearts towards anybody who asks a question, and then we berate a little bit. Because if we asked this to each other, we would berate each other. That is correct. Like, yeah. we're kind of kicking the shit with you like you are part of our crew is what's happening yeah. here. Yeah. Get in I here, I feel so bud. bad because the first question was like, please be kind. And yeah. So, which we were like, we'll be nice to you. But hey, fuck you, man. You're cool. <laughs> you're cool. You're cool. Ooh, fuck, fuck you. you. Fuck, you're, fuck you. Also, you're cool. Fuck you, too. And this guy, fuck this whole crew over here. Anyway, well, uh, hopefully it was entertaining for the listeners. Yeah. Sorry. Slash. You'll do better next time. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. <laughs> 
This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trent. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, do it at Do Friendship. If you'd like to buy stuff from us, uh, yeah, you should at thefriendshipingstore.com. If you want to, what's the other thing we want people to do? Oh, send us a question. That's the one. If yep. You, we love questions, and we honestly uh, have been getting a lot of good, detailed questions lately. Thank you. I love it. It's been very good. We'll be nice, maybe. We'll, I mean, unless you're, you really fucked up. Yeah, you know what we will do? Is be honest. And give you advice like yeah. you asked us yeah. to. I mean, would Tim Gunn be Tim Gunn if he was like, yeah, that outfit's fine? No. He always says, it is my responsibility to be honest with you. And that is our responsibility. But instead of outfits, it's friendship-wise. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for making the studio work. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. Merry post-Crimbus to all of you. I hope that you survived and you feel okay. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem. I used to be extremely good friends, like practically family, with a cupper. The <laughs> cupper? What? I can't speak. <laughs> with a cup of tea. With a cup of tea. I'm going to start all the way over. <laughs>